This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. Well, ahead of last week, overs were the flavor of the month. The goals were flying in, and over two and a half backers were in clover with their seasonal ROI very healthy. However, with five out of the 10 games on match week five, Providing two goals or fewer, level stakes, unders, betters turned a profit. So there was a little regression, as someone warned that there might be. This is Betting Weekly Premier League show you with myself, Dan Robert, while Nigel Seeley and Jack Ryan are with me to highlight the best bets across week six of the EPL. Nigel, you did suggest with your memorable rhyme... <laughs> the, un- <laughs> the, the unders were coming. What was November. the rhyme again? What was the rhyme Listen, again? I'm not telling you because you you, 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 you actually <laughs> said that you thought I made it up. So I'm not even going to say it. I'm not going to give you the credit. Come on, tell case. us what it no, was. We'll no, have to, no, we'll, no, we'll no, have to remember point. it for next no, year. Remember, remember, <laughs> goals go down in November. There you are. They go down. We've got so they've, go. they've come a little bit early. What did you make of um, uh, the last weekend's action? I mean, we had the first nil-nil. And after the three o'clock kickoffs um, on the Saturday UK time, suddenly it was a real unders fest, wasn't it? Well, I managed to get home. That's the main thing because the unders come in. I managed. To, oh, I you were probably... you were you were swimming to safer waters. I, I was swimming to Albania, thinking that I might be able to get a train from somewhere if the if the overs continued. So no, I I managed to get back, so that was good. No, I mean, listen, it's it's one of those things, isn't it? It goes up and down, swings and roundabouts. The odds are there. I just think that um, the Lions get a little bit carried away. We saw in the Champions League as well. Um, you know, Will White was very successful going under three, under two and a half goals in three matches. Slightly different there because obviously they don't have the extra time that we're having now. But I just think, like all things, I think you 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 just have to get in at the right time. And I think anyone who saw that, well, we spoke in week one and said about, do we think that um, the extra time that they would have on the on the on the uh, in the injury time would have an effect. And I said, so it's like, ah, no, no, no chance mm-hmm. at all. But they did. It actually did. So I think if anybody got in at week one, week two, when, when the, the market didn't really factor that in, well done. Uh, but now it's been factored in. And I think the unders is definitely the way to go. And you're going to see as the trend continues on today that I'm going to stick to my unders specs. But anyway, I had a bad, I've had a bad couple of weeks, uh, Dan. You know, not only not only with the, the, you know, the unders was good for me, but on the picks here have been quite, very, very uh, poor from my stand. Only one from the last two weeks. But the man to here, Jack's been getting me out of trouble. So I am a nice cold beer when I see him next time. So, uh, yeah, it's been tricky for me, but Jack has been uh, saving the... Getting the getting the money of a sweep last week, brilliant performance. Yeah, indeed, three from three last week. There was one unders, there was one overs. I mean, it would have been uh, there would have been more unders if it wasn't for those late goals, Jack. Especially at Spurs and at Aston Villa, and of course, Villa did us all a favour going overs and winning the game. Yeah, that's right. It's it's kind of picking those games, isn't it? Ones where you do think that there is going to be likelihood of goals, and obviously the teams are going to still go for it right to the end, and and others that. You just have that feeling that a team can shut up shop and and be able to defend. You need that, of course, for an unders. Uh, you do need a side that, that can defend. And we pinpointed Arsenal as a prime example. One against a weak attack. 
but also that they'd got them that solidity back, uh, which would help the unders there. Um, and uh, as I say, that was that was nice to cash as well. But uh, yeah, pick and choose, get them right. And um, if we can clip the fact that Nigel's going to buy me a beer next time he sees me, that'd be fantastic. <laughs> yeah. I'm, busy, I'm busy for the next like, year and a half. So. <laughs> well, the uh, unders versus overs battle will continue, of course. It's not quite Millwall leads. We won't get blokes jumping up and down on terraces, <laughs> I don't think. But um, <laughs> it'll be interesting to see if the trend one way or the other continues. Uh, just before we get into uh, the picks this week, just another question I'm going to throw at you because there'll be a lot of betters coming into the weekend play looking at teams that have played in European football. And you touched on it last week, Nigel. And we've got eight teams um, from the Premier League playing in Europe, Champions League, Europa League uh, and Conference League. We've got three <clears throat> fixtures that have got teams that haven't been involved in continental action. I mean, where do you stand with that? Do you leave them alone? Do you wait? Do you take every single one individually? Is there any sort of trend? What do you think? When you've got to give three picks in the Premier League, it's very hard to leave the teams that are on because you've just given the, the sort of the maths. I think you look at them, you know, I've said for since we started here, this is a very, the top of the Premier League and the bottom of the Premier League is huge here. So when Manchester City are playing Nottingham Forest at home this, this week and they're minus 900 to win the match, I don't think it's going to have a massive effect. Uh, the trip from Man United to Burnley could be a difficult one after what was a massive game. Arsenal against Tottenham, that gives a slight advantage for Tottenham. So I think you have to look at the, the opponent as well as the as the team coming back. But obviously these clubs, Manchester City have run the treble last year. So they're used to uh, playing playing back-to-back get Champions League games for teams not used to it, the likes of Newcastle, the likes of Brighton, who I've come on to. I mean, you would be probably slightly cautious then, but uh, I'm not so cautious on one of them. One of them I am, but the other one I'm not. So they feature in both of my, my two of my picks this week. So I think you have to look at the opponent. I think you have to look at the team involved. But I think, you know, Arsenal-Tottenham, I think that gives a bit of an advantage to Tottenham. I know it was a 4-0 a swagger, really, for Arsenal, but it was a, it was a big a big stage of the season, the first time they'd been back in the, the Champions League for 10 years, uh, and that would have taken a lot out of them. So, yes, I do, especially teams travelling, teams who have been abroad and come back. So I think Manchester United would be the one that I would look at, and Newcastle would be the two teams that I would look at and be a little bit concerned if I was uh, thinking about betting them at low prices. We're recording this Thursday lunchtime UK and you mentioned Arsenal. Mikel Arteta didn't really rotate at all, did he? And Jack, when you look at certain teams in the Europa League and the Conference League, it's very different to the Champions League because Liverpool will rotate. But we've seen with Unai Emery and Aston Villa, they might not, probably won't. They didn't in the qualifiers. So sometimes it's not just the travelling, but it's the teams that are put out by the managers. Yep, got to dig into the detail. Um, as you say, it's all about each club's perspective on on that. We saw it with Arsenal as a perfect example. PSV last year, they bought admission, didn't they, in the Europa League? weren't interested. This time round, very serious Champions League, different kettle of fish. So, all right, different stages of the season, but completely different mindset for the manager there. Uh, and Nigel's right. I, I certainly look at sides that aren't used to that kind of um, activity, playing on maybe a Thursday, then going into a weekend game, travelling away, coming back and having to play uh, on a Saturday, possibly, you know, having only got back late last night or even this morning. So those things certainly to bear in mind. One thing I've always looked at as far as how things are at the moment with the fixture congestion, which we had through like kind of from the COVID time to the World Cup and now with this international break, European football, uh, and then straight into the into the Premier League again, is the it's always going to benefit those sides that have got the bigger 
squads with with depth in them, with talent in them, that they can call off some amazing players off the bench or on the fringe of their squad that they can they can utilise either in those European fixtures or in the, in the Premier League games that they they're going to focus on to win. Just one thing about Arsenal, though, Dan. Just one thing you said he didn't he didn't rotate the squad. He had the luxury of taking off a lot of important players after sixty minutes when the game was over. So you know he took Saka off, he took Declan Rice off. You know he's three 0 up in the Champions League game. Sixty minutes to go, he got he got the North London derby the weekend. That's a great position to be in. If it was nil nil, we wouldn't be in that position. So yes, he did go strong from the start, but he did have that luxury of being able to uh, to rest his key men. Uh, so they only probably played what sixty minutes of of sort of really not even eight minutes of competitive football really when you think about it. Um, so he did have that luxury of being able to take rest those key players. Talk about Arsenal a little bit more later on because I'm going to get a, a very quick play from you on the North London derby before uh, we sign off. But um, let's get into the official picks for this week. The show, incidentally, running around about 8% ROI this term. So if you're following us, um, you are making money. We're going to start with Luton Wolves here. Uh, both, you will be not be surprised to hear, are not in European football. Oh, Wolves a few years ago were. Um, this is the 10 a.m. Eastern Saturday kickoff here. Uh, Luton are plus 245, Wolves plus 112. They've just been cut a little bit. Luton, of course, have lost all four games this season. Wolves, three or four. And if you look at the over versus unders here, uh, Nigel, if you're backing overs, then you've been winning money on these two teams, but you are reverting to type here. Yes, uh, you would be making money, but then you'll be play, making money against teams that they've been up against who have been a lot better than them. I mean, these two sides are probably going to would be involved in a, a relegation battle, it's fair to say. I think Luton, definitely. Wolverhampton Wanderers, what I've seen so far this season, I, I don't think I disagree with, uh, with one of Jack's um, pre-season bets that he thinks they're going to be relegated. And I don't think, I think that is going to be the case. I mean, they played really well in the first match against Manchester United. Since then, they've they've gone backwards slightly to me. Luton have only scored two goals in the Premier League. They created a few chances, but they can't put the ball in the back of the net. And Wolves have always been an unders team for me, always, historically. Um, I mean, they've lost some key players, you know, from the midfield and their attacking ability. I'm not convinced by them. I've never really been convinced. I'm not really convinced by the manager. I think Gary O'Neill got off to a brilliant start last year at Bournemouth and then he still lost his job. So the, the Bournemouth board didn't obviously really fancy him, which seemed to be a bit of a shot. It was a very short decision at the time. Um, and this summer, it was because he got off to a good start. If you know, if 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 what if Bournemouth have found themselves in what position that Wolves are in now, one win and four losses after five, I think Gary O'Neill might probably lost his job a lot earlier than he did. Um, but I look at this catch and I think this is now. I, if you look at the data, I mean, Wolves averaged 0.54 xg in their in their last match, which was second lowest in the Premier League. Um, they don't concede many goals. They don't score many goals. They're involved in a 1-0 um, match against Manchester United, a 1-0 match against Everton. Luton have been involved in a 1-0 match against Fulham. So they are matches where they're in or around teams in the division. So Wolves against Everton is considered a, a relegation battle was 1-0. Luton against Fulham, Luton would think, you know, I tell you what, that's a, that's a side that, you know, we, we we'll, there won't be a, a top six side. They've been mid-table to lower bottom half. So another 1-0 match. If you look at the matches where these two sides have been matched against teams in the round, they've all come unders. So the stat where you go over is quite misleading, really, because you would expect them to be over in those matches. I think given the way these two teams have started the campaign, four losses from four for Luton, four losses from five for Wolves, they have to steady the ship immediately. And I feel this will be, a, I think, 
this will be a very close match. I, I can see going back to, I was going to go to my original bet that, you know, bet I do for the last two years, Wolves to be a draw at time because I think the half time will be really, first half will be really cagey. I think it will open up in the second half. Uh, I would probably edge towards Wolves to win the match. I wouldn't bet them at the price, but I think they probably only win it 1-0, 2-0. Luton just aren't scoring goals. They haven't got a goal score in this level of football. That's going to really prove costly. Only two goals in four matches. Uh, Wolves have conceded a lot, 11, but they have been against much better teams than what the Luton are. And uh, I can see this being a very, very nervy, edgy, close first half. Second half, edging it for Wolves. Uh, and they go for under two and a half goals here. No surprise. Minus 103. Uh, 107, sorry. I think that's uh, a decent bet here against two sides that are going to be involved in a relegation battle. Yeah, just a shade shy uh, of even money. And uh, Jack, I know you're going to double up on this. Any more metrics that you can offer to persuade players to get with the unders? Um, it's more of the same, really, isn't it? Yeah, so exactly the same play for me on this one. I thought we might might um, collide here, um, but we've got to go with it because uh, so it's, it's a, again, another tough round of fixtures and this one's a standout. Uh, Luton were never going to come into this league and blow sides away. They didn't do it last season in the championship, although they got promoted. They were very, very strong. 15 of their 24 home games went under two and a half goals at home last season. That's 63%. And I say that's in a, in a league that they were top three throughout the season and obviously ended up getting promoted out of. They haven't really got the firepower. They like to keep it nice and compact, nice and tight, go direct, use utilize set plays and set pieces. And that's the way they'll try and scrap their way to a few points this season. It's been a bit of a stop-start campaign for them, obviously, because of their the home ground being under under reconstruction. So this is only their second home game. It's been on record saying that this is the place they're going to have to try and pick up the majority of their points. Gone are the days where 40 points is the kind of the, the target. It's a lot lower than that now. We look at the league table as it stands right now. Four points, sorry, four teams on one point or less. Obviously, Luton being that team on, on zero. Um, and six sides that have only got three points or less. So that's one win. If Luton were to win this, they could go up to 15. So I agree with Nigel. It's going to be tight. It's going to be cagey. Neither of these sides definitely can afford to lose this one because there'll be massive pressure on both managers, both teams, if if they if they um, don't um, get a point from this game at all. So uh, for Luton, I suggest the season probably starts here. They've had, let's say, a bit of an stop-start campaign, but some tough games, Brighton and Chelsea in there as well. West Ham are in good form at the start of the season. Came close against Fulham, but now... Wolves, Everton, Burnley, the next three fixtures, they're going to have to pick up some points there, have some kind of um, foundation to build on. Rob Edwards has said there's been some progression from them. Um, we haven't seen it by way of points yet, but these two sides did meet in the pre-season friendly, actually. And uh, can you guess the score? Nil-nil. Nil-nil. There we go, yeah. Crikey. So, I, I say, I just think, again, the lack of firepower on, on display, Wolves only scored 15 in the last 22 away games in the Premier League. So that shows you that how powder puff they are. Um, and uh, so I think both these sides will struggle to hit the back of the net. One goal could be enough to decide it. Wouldn't be a surprise to see neither of them on the score sheet. I like uh, nil-nil just... at half-time as well, Danny. I like nil-nil mm. at half-time. Yeah, First half, nil-nil. Big, big play. Just just on, on the Luton season from you both quickly, I mean, Jack, you mentioned there Everton away, Burnley uh, at home after this Wolves, which, I mean, if they don't get anything in the next three. I mean, is that Derby record, um, unwanted record, you know, coming quickly into view? I mean, they were 50 to one to get uh, fewer than 11 points. Or I saw 50 to one at the start of the season. I mean, Nigel Jack, what, what do you think on that? I mean, 
Are they that bad? Are they Derby bad, Nigel? I think they're the worst team in the Premier League we've had for many long, many times. I, don't, I, don't, I think they're a great side, but I just think they've just it's just too early for them and the players just aren't good enough. It's so tough. And it's tougher now in the Premier League than it ever was. If you look at the current line now, it's 24 points for the season. That's what the current line is. And Sheffield United are 26 points. And that is eight points adrift from all the other teams. So that's you know what you. I'd 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 be I'd be a seller at twenty four Luton. Yeah, well there you go. You got to go under twenty four and a half. You can go under twenty four and a half. So you, I don't you know. Think, I mean, I think I think well, I think what you're going to do. I think you'll know. I mean, your you, 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 your fate will be found out in the next month, won't it? Yeah. Well, Jack, as you just say, those next three games, including the weekend. I mean, I mean, could they get mm. less than eleven? I don't think they get less. Well, they than can. 11. They can do, but I'd, yeah, I'd be surprised. Um, I, say, I think there's enough bad sides in the league and sides that have off days that, that Luton will be able to pick up a few. It, look, we've only seen them once at home. It was a narrow defeat to West Ham, who say started the season in good form. So they just need to get a foothold. They need, need a platform to build on because they have got a way of playing which can cause a few teams problems. At Kenilworth Road, 10,000 sellout capacity. That's what I've got to work on. But these are the games they have to pick something up from even if it is just a point, just to get off the mark, because obviously people are ramming that 11-point total down their throat already this season. So uh, I think they'll go over that. I just thought um, I'd join in, that's all. Well, yeah. <laughs> I um, wouldn't bet. I wouldn't be. I, 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 well, you, you're, gonna be, you're still going to get a very big price of getting that point. Yeah. They've got they to they win... It's going to be three, about three, it, four, yeah. three, or three matches. They've got to win three matches. Yeah. They, could, they could beat Sheffield United at home. You could beat them. They could beat... They could beat Wolves this week, no problem. You know, I think I, I think well, I think Wolves will win this week, and I think they'll nick it one 0 uh, Luton are minus five hundred to go down, and um, Wolves are plus three hundred. I know Jack put them up their bigger price start of the season, right? That's uh, unders. Um, double stake time for Nigel and uh, Jack then for the Luton Wolves game. Brighton, Bournemouth next up. Nigel, um, Brighton here are minus two fifty. Bournemouth plus seven hundred. This is nine a.m. on Sunday. Um, of course, or is it eight a.m. on Sunday? I just check that. Uh, because of uh, Brighton's European uh, involvement. Uh, Brighton are at home in Europe. Nigel, just before you get your play, would you be looking at this game and, and, and getting with Brighton if they'd have played away from home in Europe? Probably not. Is that I a factor? It, it, yeah, if it, yeah, big factor. If going to Greece, obviously, Greeks is quite a way to go. And I think if they were playing in the, this feature away in, in Athens, I think it would be very, very different at home at, at, uh, at the Amex. Um we know that Greek sides don't really travel well, so I expect Brian to have quite a relatively easy night this evening. I think it'd be a great occasion. I think Brian will edge it. We're obviously filming this on Thursday before that match. We don't know the team selection yet, but I would imagine that they they, they will probably go quite strong um, with some fringe players mixed in as well. But they've got a big squad, Brian. You don't realise how big their squad is. I mean, the likes of Billy Gilmore, you know, there's some real good players in that squad. You know, you they're, they're up there. They're underrated how many good players they I have. I mean, they missed. They were missing one or two when they beat uh, United last week. So, it, yeah. you know, it, just because they're names that we don't necessarily know, obviously the manager trusts them. Come on then, what's what's the play here, Brighton-Bournemouth? Well, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Brighton minus one and a half. I think Brighton will win this. I mean, uh, quite convincingly, I think a lot of people would expect. I think there'd be a negative towards them. I think if you're going to play the one and a half, you'll get a bigger price come kickoff time. But I think now I'm going to go with Brighton minus one and a half uh, on the Asian handicap. So if they win by two goals or more, the reason why Brighton have played five this season, one four, every one of the four matches they've won, they've won by they've covered that handicap against Luton, against Newcastle, against Wolves, you know, they, and and obviously Manchester United as well. Uh, I, I think they'll do all right here. I think they'll cover that handicap pretty easily. 
Um, if you look at um, Bournemouth, I think they're a side that are struggling. Their, their metrics aren't going at all well. When you consider the money they've been spending, I think they're a manager under pressure. We spoke about it. Uh, is it Arolia? Is that how you spell it? Is it pronounced it? Ariola. We spoke about him as a, a potential first casualty to be the manager being sacked. We're talking about a Bournemouth board that got rid of uh, Gary O'Neill last year when he done an amazing job. That if they don't win this match, then he's under he's under a bit of pressure. When you consider some of the matches coming up, then uh, I, I think you, you might want to get a big price. And they've got Arsenal, Everton, and Wolves and Burnley, so that really really cement where they are. I think they're a club going backwards, Bournemouth. Um, I think it's a good match for Brighton. The other reason I like this as well, and I know that Brighton are obviously very high on their analytics and their metrics. If you look at their matches that they play after some European games on the schedule. So they play Marseille in a couple of weeks' time. The following week, they play Liverpool. Then they play AEK away. They play Chelsea. And then they play Marseille again, and they play Arsenal. So, you know, you're talking about a Brighton side that want to push into the Champions League positions. There's a Brighton side that are much better than they were last year. The Brighton side that are getting uh, the second most XG in the Premier League behind Manchester City. They they want to grow, and I and I know how this side the, the model that they use here. They'll look at this match and think we've got to win this match because we've got some really tough games after some tough visits in Europe. So I don't think there'll be any thought here that that you know I think the team selection will be right for t- t- Thursday night. The team selection will be absolutely right for Bournemouth, and I always like Brighton when teams go toe to toe with them. If a side wants to play a bit of football against Brighton, I think Brighton will tear them to shreds, and Bournemouth will do that. They don't offer a massive physicality threat, Bournemouth. You know, they're not like Everton. When Everton played Brighton, Everton roughed them up and hit them on the counter-attack. Brighton don't like that. But when teams like Bournemouth will go there and play attractive football against them, they'll take them apart. They beat them twice last season. uh, Didn't cover the handicap in one. One of them was 1-0, one of them was 2-0. But I think Brighton are a club, obviously, as we know, who are going onwards and upwards into the high echelons in European football and, you know, they're club that pushing for Champions League places. Whereas Bournemouth, on what I've seen so far this season, with all the money they've spent, they are going backwards. And uh, uh, despite the the, champ, the the Europa League match, I think Brighton will cover the handicap. If it was away, I would be worried about it. But I think with the tough fixture list they have after some European matches already, they cannot allow complacency. This is a club that want to win, want to go better than what they did last year. And I think it'll be usual usual service um, and Brighton to cover the handicap. Uh, all four of their wins, they've covered the handicap so far this season. Uh, Iraola is plus 1,300 to be the next coach to go. Bournemouth are plus 300 to go down. Let's go to Sheffield United, Newcastle. And also it is 9am Eastern, that game on Sunday. A little bit later on the Sunday, Sheffield United against uh, Newcastle at 11.30. Uh, Sheffield United plus 5.50. They've been backed a little bit. Newcastle minus 205. They're still short price favourites. Uh, here we've got selections from Jack and Nigel in this one. And uh, Jack, off the back of that trip to Milan, it was such an occasion for Newcastle uh, supporters. Um, it looks like many betters are going to be trying to take on Newcastle. And that's the angle in for you here. It is, yeah. I was hoping that we were going to get a price where I could get on a nice handicap for Sheffield United. Sheffield United are a side that we mentioned your pre-season thoughts on teams and where you had to recalibrate maybe at the international break. And I've had to do that slightly with Sheffield United, I think. I think they're probably the most competitive of the newly promoted sides this season. When you look at their fixture list, they've had a tough run of games and they've been 
that word, very competitive. Uh, so, yeah, I've had a little tweak on, on where I expect them to be performing this season. And what I've got here is a, a handicap of plus 1.25 on the Asian handicap. So, again, to explain that, Asian handicaps, that means we get plus one with half our stake on it and plus one and a half with the other half stake on it. So, if um, you, um, Sheffield United only lose by one goal or draw or win this, then we will get at least half a win, basically. Um, the only way we can lose this is if uh, Newcastle win by two or more goals, basically, is the way to, way to put it. So, um, And Sheffield United haven't lost by two or more goals so far this season, despite playing those tough games. Um, they came very, very close last week, of course. Uh, I, I actually thought that they'd won. Um, I was at a game, left it, and uh, and didn't realise there was quite so much injury time. And uh, lo and behold, um, found out afterwards that they'd conceded very, very deep into into that injury time. So they've been stewing on that this week. Um, I know Higginbottom was um, very angry about about kind of how that one went. Um, so they've been working hard and said so they've had a full week to prepare, which is of course something that Newcastle haven't. They've had a massive week ahead, but. Um, for Sheffield United, as I said, only one point on the board um, with those four losses, but all by a single goal. And when you look at the say the size they've played, they've gone to Forest away, which we we, we know is a tough venue to go to, uh, a narrow one one goal defeat in that one. Manchester City at home came within a couple of minutes of, of getting a point there, um, but certainly covered this handicap as well. Um, they got the draw with Everton at home, and then last week again Spurs away, another very very tough venue to go, especially in Spurs' current form, and they more than stood their own. We know how they play. Uh, they they look to sit deep. They look to keep it very compact. They look to keep it narrow so the ball's get thrown into the box, which the big defenders can cope with. They look to hit teams on the break. They've got a very good structured setup and it's working pretty well. And they'll look to do the same thing against Newcastle here for sure. Um, as I said, Newcastle have had an absolutely massive week. It was a vital win for them last weekend um, via a penalty late in the fairly late in the game against Brentford. Um, and then, of course, they went to Milan which was massive for the supporters as much as anything as well. But a great result, but not a great performance, uh, to be fair. Uh, it was backs to the wall pretty much. XG is 0.19, one shot on target, which came very late in the day. Were dominated by Milan, who, if, if they could have finished a couple of their chances, we obviously would have, would have taken the three points. But Newcastle will certainly take, and Eddie Howe will certainly take, going away to Milan and coming back with a, with a point. Um, so I think that it's a lot to ask for them to have done that. So then come back and they've not been particularly good away from home either. Um, Newcastle, um, no win in five in all competitions now away from home. Uh, so they've not been pulling up trees for a little while now in that respect. Uh, it's not been the best start to the season, certainly. They've not really been impressing too much, not really connecting going forward. Um, obviously, Isaac looked dead on his feet in midweek. So you'd probably expect to see Callum Wilson come back into the side here. And again, a player like Wilson that you're relying on for his goals is a player that's not been too good as far as staying injury-free over the last few seasons. So these these quick-fire games now will be a problem for him as well. So I just think, for me, I think this looks like a, a good opportunity to get on, on board with Sheffield United. I think they've gained confidence in the fact that they've gone to Tottenham, they've hosted Manchester City. They don't get much tougher than that. In fact, any tougher as far as Manchester City is concerned and come away with, with, with good performances and close to picking up points in those games as well. So I think they'll... Have confidence. This is the Sunday afternoon game in the UK, uh, live on on TV over here. So um, the Bramall Lane crowd, we know they're vociferous. They'll get behind that, that side here. They're starting to see that they are competitive at the top level. 
And um, I think, as I say, with the big handicap on side here, we can even afford them to, to lose by a goal and we'll still get half, half a um, stake profit. OK, that's the way we're going to play it on the Asian handicap. Uh, Nigel, you've gone for uh, a simpler selection here, but one that is our biggest pick over the course of the weekend. You cash with Newcastle on the unders in midweek, I know, and you going in again to reinvest. Not surprised the under two and a half goals. I do agree with Jack, though. I think Sheffield's not got a chance here. I think they're a big price up just to win the match. I think mean, it's seven to one, I think, to win the match. Yeah, I, I, I might have a very small bit of pizza money on it, seven to one. Sheffield United, you know, they have been very, very unlucky in the Premier League. We, we've spoken about them. We were quite heavy enough for relegation. We're quite heavy enough to finish bottom of the table. But they've done all right. And their results, I haven't been nowhere near as bad as what they are. If you look at their results, they were outplayed by Crystal Palace in the first day of the season. But not in the Forest, not in the Forest score in the 95th minute to win that game 2-1, which was great for us. Sheffield United against uh, at home to Manchester City. There was a goal in the 85th and 88th minute. That would have been an under two and a half goal easy the not in the forest game would have been an under two and a half goals the Everton one was the one that was just random it was a random result the Sheffield United Tottenham game last week I mean that, that was you're, you're betting under on that game you're, you're one minus 100 what minus 1000 one of 10,000 to collect and all of a sudden Tottenham scored two goals in 98th and 90th and 92nd sorry 98th and, and 99th minute you've got three matches there of Sheffield United matches which all should have all cashed on unders you know, you would be, you would be looking at Sheffield United as an underside. This home crowd is a, it's a, this is a it's a tough match for Newcastle after what was a, a terrible terrible performance by them. And they did what they had to do, and that's what Eddie Howe does. I mean, talk of him becoming the next England manager. I'm a big England fan, as you guys know. I mean, I've been bored rigid with Gareth Southgate. If if he becomes <laughs> England manager, God, my, what are we we'd be like Greece when they won the Euros, <laughs> nil nil every single match. Oh, it would be absolutely <laughs> terrible. But, I mean, it's a big time for Newcastle now because they're not doing much. Their league form is shocking. I mean, they've lost they've lost some big games. Man City, Liverpool, Brighton, they've lost some good games. Poor against Brentford. Away form is bad. They have Man City as well on Tuesday or Wednesday in the Carabao Cup, which might not be a big game. That might not people think of the Carabao Cup. But for Newcastle, they need they want to win the trophy. And they'll be well up to beating Man City. It's a good time to play Man City. Then they play Paris Saint-Germain. So this is a real, real time we'll, we'll know what Newcastle are about and at the moment I don't see anything in Newcastle that I'm quite I'm impressed with so I think Sheffield United have got a chance but I'm going to go for under two and a half goals because Sheffield United do lack that killer threat in the Premier League Newcastle uh, away from home have been dreadful the manager's a negative manager this is a real tricky match for Newcastle uh, and if it wasn't for all those late goals and hopefully I'm not cursing more late goals. <laughs> there would be three matches that should be all, they were heavy, heavy minus money favourites in play to be unders. And they were, they were sort of uh, diminished by a late goal or late goals on some occasion. But Sheffield United are doing all right. They're, they're doing all right. And um, they're going to beat someone at a big price. And I think Newcastle will have a real tough match this weekend. So I agree with Jack. Um, but I'm going to go under two and a half goals at a very big plus 128. That does that does appear to me to be a big, big price plus 128 here. Yeah, it looks massive, that doesn't, because he said he has default position in it. Just be defensive. That's what he does. And he won't want to get beat in this game. It's going to be interesting to see how they tackle it. If you backed under this last season, Newcastle, every single home and away game, 6% return on investment. Um, 
Jack in our WhatsApp group, you said you got a corners bet, but you didn't want to put it in officially. We were waiting for an answer from Nigel, but Nigel's at the football. And he didn't get back till about whatever time. So there you go. We didn't get an answer in the rain. It's drenched. I mean, oh, I, I was thinking to myself, I was coming home from that road, walking down that Holloway Road, thinking, what the hell am I doing? What am I doing this with? Rushing to get a train at half 11. You know, very, very in the rain, drenched through. Very, 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 very quickly on your corners lean, Jack, if you've still got your your metrics and your numbers, but be quick with it. Yeah, I will be quick with it. That's if you want to do it. Yeah, no, I'll just let people know. It's worth having a look at. I think Liverpool are a side that we know go full throttle at Anfield. Um, They're obviously playing tonight as we record it, Thursday night. So it'll be interesting to check out the side tonight. I'm sure it'll be very highly rotated. Um, but I think West Ham will be stubborn opponents, so therefore it will mean Liverpool will have to push for uh, large parts of the game. If West Ham can nick an early goal, even better. So, but uh, just something that stood out to me was was West Ham's corner figures away from home, as far as their their games are concerned. So, um, Bournemouth there was fourteen corners. Chelsea uh, at West Ham was twelve. There was twenty one at Brighton. There was fifteen at Luton, and there was fifteen West Ham versus Manchester City. Uh, and you can get on on board here around about 10, over 10 and a half um, corners. So um, that looks like a standout for a side like Liverpool, who we know can fire in quite a few themselves. They took 10 against Bournemouth alone. There was 12 in the game um, and, and they were down to 10 men for the last half hour or so, weren't, weren't they? Um, and uh, the last home game, they had 10 when uh, they took seven against Aston Villa. Just one, thing, just one thing about that, that it's a great bit from the stats, but I would be quite worried if um, Trent Alexander-Arnold doesn't play. Because he 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 contributes a lot of yeah. Liverpool's corners. I I always think with with Liverpool at home, if West Ham score first, that oh, corners yeah. bet cashes without a, a million percent. It's 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 the sort of thing we saw with that Bournemouth game, isn't it? Really, but yeah, mm-hmm. because of the amount of crosses that comes in, the amount that ricochet out for corners, it's uh, been interesting. One team news wise, that one best bet you've only given us. Um, oh no, Nigel's given us three. Uh, Jack's only given us two. Best bets, Nigel. What uh, what's your what's your your nap as we say? Uh, do you know what? I, I've been in. The, I've been the, I've been poor the last two weeks, and I'm getting away from it. I'm not very happy about the performance, and obviously I, I deserve criticism, which I'm getting, which is very nice. I don't mind. It's nice to wake up. To being called uh, all these names, I get it. I get it at home. I just go on Twitter to escape it. And I get it. I get it. I get it from my workplace. I get it from home. I get it from my parents. And now I get it from the the people on Twitter, the, the followers on Twitter. Anyway, I deserve it. Um, I'm very confident on both of them. I'm very confident Sheffield United Newcastle under two and a half, and I'm very confident Luton Wolves under two and a half. Worried about Brighton slightly because of the the Europa League, but I, I think they'll cover. But the two unders, I'm I'm equally as confident. You know, good stuff, Jack. Best bet. Unders, Luton versus Wolves. Cool. And if you had a free $10 bet on a North London derby, big game of the weekend, where's your money going, Nigel? You just well, seen little, Arsenal I did play. A little break, I did a little breakdown on it. I mean, you can't really judge the, the Arsenal against PSV, against Tottenham. You know, Tottenham scored at least two goals in every single game this season. The line is three and a half on the total goals, and it shows you what we're expecting to see. We're expecting to see goals. I went through some matches, 57 uh, matches since 2000 in this fixture, 186 goals. So average 3.26 goals per game, which is the highest of any pairing in, in the Premier League. When you consider it's a derby, when your derbies are usually low scoring and quite tight, you have to... Is that a pair of legs I just saw? you got a pair of shorts on there, Dan. You give no, me some shorts. stick with my shorts. Oh, no, okay. Oh, 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 oh no, no, no. smell of vision. Oh no! Anyway, uh, bunions. See the bunions on it. All the bunions. Oh, <laughs> rookers, all sorts. 
Oh, no. If you're, watching, if you're listening to this on Spotify, you're bloody lucky. Oh, you are very lucky. <laughs> oh, that was terrible. Put me right off my stride. Anyway, um, 57 matches, 186 goals, 3.26 goals per game. We expect goals. But when, when you see a line that's three and a half and you expect goals, I always think, well, it, if it's going to go over, it's going to go over big. So if I was giving a free bet, I'd go over four and a half goals in the match. Jack? Uh, I, similar theme, but I'm, I dug into some stats as well. Over one and a half first half goals looks a very interesting play here. Over the last 11 heads for heads, it's easy for me to say, across all venues, across all competitions, only one in the League Cup, so most of them in the league. Um, we've, we've seen um, the first goal scored on average in the 17th minute. So um, the last 11 seen three goals, one, one, three, two, 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 three, two, two, and two. So there's been at least two goals scored in the first half in all of the last eight meetings between these two sides across all venues. So in this season, that's very similar as well. Arsenal's four home games have seen two, one goal, two goals, and three goals. Spurs' three away games have seen four goals, one goal, and three goals. So that would be where mine would go, over one and a half first half goals. It's also one of those games as well, if you're betting in play, Lots of turnarounds, lots of Spurs scoring first, Arsenal coming back, certainly at the Emirates as well. Watch out for that one. Plenty of markets, of course, in Bet Rivers. Nice to see the boys putting the best feet forward for a change. Nigel, <laughs> Jack, bad, thanks bad, for bad, your company. Bad, bad. Good luck with your picks. That's a wrap for week six. A betting weekly Premier League show. Stay across all the selections and the content via at Because We Win. From all of us, it is goodbye. <laughs>